Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back to 32 Fans in 32 Days. Not with me today, Wheels Wienerker, fast asleep. I am here with our longtime Colts reporter, Jake Lewin. Jake, you've been here since uh, since the beginning, since 2015, right? Yeah, I believe so. You still only have 32 people who listen to the show. Mm, yeah, now we have 33. Um, <laughs> I keep saying like that. Um, so let, let me start with uh, the question of the, um, the real-time hard knocks last season. Um, I assume you were watching it week to week, right? I did, except I didn't watch the last episode. I, mm. I really couldn't get myself I mean, to do it. Yeah, uh, I, I can tell you how it ends if you want to know. <laughs> well, it was, I, I remember how it ended. I, just, yeah. uh, I was about emotionally yeah. uh, prepared at that point to, to watch it. Well, I mean, it was great drama, though, because, you know, like they're building up, they're building up, they're building up Carson Wentz. And then they announced five pro bowlers and all exciting. And, you know, and, and Frank Reich is such a great coach, which I mean, I think he is. And then just, you know, I mean, fall flat on their tuchus in such a dramatic way. But I mean, at least until that episode, like how much were you enjoying it? Because it seems oh, like it's great. If, if it's oh, your team, it's great. Yeah. Like the, the episode with, with the uh, the Cardinals uh, Christmas game was great. Because they, they they played up the drama with the COVID out, you know, the, the, a lot of the players that are out for COVID and that they were on their last legs and they came in, you know, on a, a hostile territory and won. Like they, that was a great episode. They really played it up. But yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, my my team has never been on on the real hard knocks, on the fake hard knocks, on the Amazon show, on none of these things. And I've always been so jealous because it seems like so much fun. Like the Vikings, and I'm sure all these teams put out like a YouTube series of like sort of an in-depth kind of thing like that. But it's a little, you know, when it's produced by the team, it's not exactly the same as, you know, when it's got all the well, HBO it's very sanitized. It. Yeah, it's very sanitized. I mean, the HBO show is also, frankly, right? I mean, they're getting access. Well, to it is. Too. So I was listening to like a lot of podcasts about it, like players are talking about it. They were pretty good about, about like, seeing when things would be like you this is not for public consumption especially when we're talking about you know game plans for the coming week um but for the most part they were pretty involved and they were very available it wasn't like they were li given limited access but yeah i mean so but then of course it ends as you know as everyone knows with, with the dramatic collapse right. the funny thing about this franchise is like they basically have still not adjusted to andrew luck's retirement and it's kind of, I mean, you know, like it's four years in a row, like, you know, in the early days of this podcast, as you know, because you were here, um, Keeve always used to say like, you know, two to 53, the Colts are the worst team. 
And but because they have luck and then before that, obviously Peyton and then also the benefits of a shitty division, you know, they were getting to 10, 11 wins every year. And then sort of the irony is that it's only once they lost the franchise QB that they started to successfully build up the two to 53. And, you know, for the last three years, I I think they probably had a top 10, two to 53, and then they just lacked the QB. And so then they went on this like veteran QB merry-go-round, which, you know, as a Vikings fan, I'm very familiar with uh, trying that path. Uh, right. Philip Rivers to Carson Wentz to Matt Ryan, you know, Rivers was, was pretty, was, had a good season. His final season, obviously he was old, but yeah, it was a good season. They made the playoffs. They lost a coin flip game to a Bills team. that went to the AFC championship game, but like Wentz obviously was worse. 37 year old Matt Ryan. We'll talk about him in a second, but like my concern is sort of like the two to 53 is a bit behind where it was the last couple of years, like the offensive line, the receivers. Like, I think some of these like positions are sort of nearing the end of their competitive window. And they're still trying to prop up like a year at a time with like, you know, one year QBs basically. Right. I don't think it was down on the two to 53 as maybe two years ago. I think the year that Andrew Luck retired, I think that was probably the point where they were had the most momentum. They had already had a pretty, they went to the, the divisional round against Kansas city and lost. I think Kansas city ended up, um, I forgot if they they went to the they won the Super Bowl that year or whether they lost to the to the, to the Patriots that year. But either way, it was one of those top teams. Um, and I think that 2018 retiring really like was, was a tremendous setback because they were primed to win for those two years. That was really what it was. They had luck healthy. Uh, they had the roster. They had the offensive line. And I think if you're if you're Chris Ballard or you're you're Jim Mersey. And you look at this and say, we went to the divisional round. We're starting to gel. I have a new the now that now the, 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 the we're getting over the adjustment of having Frank Reich with Andrew Luck. Let's let's see if we can you know do this. And you're right; those windows are really only for three, two, three, four years at most. And this is really nearing the close. That said, I do think there's still a lot of young, good young talent on this roster. I think they've done some good moves in free agency and, and because you're in the AFC South where there's really the competition is, especially with the Titans making their offseason moves as uh, is diminished, there is still opportunity to get, you know, the division. And I think they just want to do that now. And they have the talent, I think, to do that now, even though it's not like what it was in 2019, I think it's still there. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree with you. I think that, it's possible that they may not be as good as the bills or the Bengals or the Ravens or anyone in the AFC West, but they can still be like a two seed or a three seed. Right. And I also think that the AFC, if there's so many good teams that I really want a good sound of the playoffs. I'll look at the Bengals. No one really thought the Bengals sure. were going to yeah. come out. No one even thought the Bengals were going to come out, you know, beating the Raiders. They barely did. I mean, look at the Giants I mean, to um, Super Bowl runs. You, you, you make the tournament, anything can happen. Obviously. Right, exactly. And I think that's what the, the Colts want to do. And obviously there is, I think that's that's available for them and they're really going all in. Yeah. Want to talk about Matt Ryan? Yeah, let's talk about Matt Ryan. So my favorite okay. thing is like the Colts and especially like because like the sanitized Hard Knocks version, like Carson Wentz was like just like deified as like you know the leader of the team and so I disagree. I actually have to. I'm gonna push back okay. on that. I, you know how they do hard knocks? They have like there's a spotlight of one or two players each episode. Yeah, and you have to remember they're they're gonna take that moment to make the player look like really 
cool or really impressive or you want to show them as a family, whatever it is, you have the opportunity to paint them in the way you want to. I think like what they did for Darius Leonard was pretty good and the way they did like Kenny Moore or the or the DeForest Buckner. I remember watching the Carson Wentz like segment and I said to myself, what a dud. I thought they I thought they did a really like terrible job of trying to make him look like a good quarterback, like a good leader. Like you you even in the best, most like pedestal level you could get was like, ugh, this guy, what a dud. But like Liev Schreiber's like, you know, voiceover would be like, Carson Wentz is a proven winner. Dating back to his time in Philadelphia, his relationship well, yeah, with Frank Reich but- has been defined by wins in the playoffs. Or I don't, I don't. <laughs> right. But I think that, you know, you have an opportunity. To, I feel like that one year, Phil Rivers, it's funny as I know we're going a little bit out of sync here. When I, I always hated Phil Rivers because as a, as a Colts fan, losing to the Chargers and two really bad playoff you know, uh, losses to the Chargers. And I just always found like, Philip Rivers having a very punchable face. Sure. Oh, really, his yeah. personality, his face. Yeah. Very hateable. Yeah. So when did he get the Colts quarterback? I'm like, oh God. And I loved it. He was so like, uh, he was this very mesmerizing personality, very real. When he spoke to media, you actually felt like he was talking to them and not just like trying to, to hold back. Um, and that would have been, if he would have been the quarterback during a hard knocks um uh, show, I think that would have been amazing television. Yeah, Carson I mean, Wentz is just a massive dud. Yeah, I mean, Jake, I'm a Vikings fan who had to get all the way in with Brett Favre, so I definitely know that idea of despising right, the I guy hear that. For, yeah, it's good forever. Point. Yeah, um, right. but but the reason I was saying that is, I it was so dramatic and extreme the turn on Wentz. Unless you're saying they hated him all along, like so. I think they really hated him all because like that, between that, the, between the COVID thing, the non getting vaxxed, and then and then um the the dud game against Jacksonville, like. The, the was, I think tr- it also came down. I think it was more than that. It was the, they obviously can't blame him for getting injured during training camp, but it's not a great, you know, start when you're not at training camp with a fluke injury. I think they probably rushed him back to start because they knew they had no bench that could even start week one. Um, and the game against the Rams was like a, a travesty. Like they had that game. If you remember the Colts were up in that game. And they had an opportunity to come back, and he got injured with like an ankle. That was also the game he threw that interception, like with his left hand, yeah, um, in the in the red zone, and it was like just an easy pick. Um, I, I think all these things combined, they lost to Tennessee week three. Like they were just like, and, and coupled with the fact that he wasn't performing well, he was. They really had no other options, and I think the not being vaccinated really pissed off Jim Irsay a lot. Yeah, I, I thought Ursic came off, you know, by, by the standards of NFL owners. I thought he came off reasonably well. It's Hard actually, knocks. I agree with you. I think the thing about Jim Ursay now, you know, you, you, you're with these people, you know, for so long seeing them as, a, as you know, and these personalities and owners. Like, he's a little bit too off the cuff. He's a little bit too, uh, uh, I guess I'd say, open. But strangely, he, I think people actually his position on getting rid of Carson West, people resonated with it because they were so take like taken aback by how you just blew up in a really good season and coupled with all the other stuff there, the, the fact that, that no one really cared how he appeared normally an owner could look bad. And the fact that Chris Ballard was able to get a good trade, you know, for what he was worth, most Colts fans just don't care. 
you know, you mentioned the the tough start last year with the loss of the Rams and the no and three. I think, correct me if I'm wrong. I think on the podcast last year, I said that they were going to start zero and five because I, of I just don't recall because like their schedule last yeah. year. You know, just to remind people, with Seattle, the Rams at Tennessee, at Miami, at Baltimore, just a brutal start to the schedule. And then the HBO hard knocks thing actually worked kind of perfectly because it started in midseason as they started their schedule eased up and they started to pull together wins. Right. And so, you know, they, they had some tough, they had to play, you know, the New England, they had to play in Buffalo. Those are not easy games, but yeah, I, it's funny because I really thought the Colts could have come out looking back at it. Those were winnable games. They were winning against the Rams. The Titans was a tough game. You know, he, Carson Wentz was actually really injured that game. So whatever the loss against the Ravens on Monday night football was, I, I think I even said this to you at the time. That was the poop game, right? When Lamar Jackson left, go to the bathroom and then came back. No, that's a, no, that's against the, the that was on like a Thursday night against the Browns. Oh, okay. Monday. It was a Monday night game where the Colts were up 22 to three. That was where Jonathan Taylor had an opening drive touchdown, like a 76 yard rushing. Oh yeah. 70. Yeah, uh, I see pa- that. Yeah, yeah, passing uh, touchdown. Yeah. Um, the, the Colts win probability was at 84% with 13 seconds to go. Yeah. It, it's insane. And I was actually at my brother-in-law's wedding. Um, and I was watching it at my table and there's another guy like who's a Ravens fan who was also watching at the same time. It was just heartbreaking to watch. I was watching with my son who's six mm-hmm. and, you know, you see them lining up for a, like a field goal to win it. And you're like, you know what? This is a moment where my son's going to see like <laughs> at his uncle's wedding, they're going to win in like crazy fashion. And that uh, Blankenship was injured and, and, you know, missed the kick. Like all these things. It was just such a brutal terrible loss i really thought at that point the season was over yeah dropped to one and four at that point yeah but um yeah so to come back to when so i just whether they were already mad at him or not like they were so sick of him by the end of the season that they traded him before they had any idea who was going to replace him like they decided that literally nobody was better than carson wentz after the way the season ended yeah And, and you know he didn't have that terrible of a season when looked at as a whole Right, and I think I, I thought it was funny that like Colin Coward was going out of his way to show how he wasn't that bad. There's no good receivers, and and you know maybe running interference for Chris Ballard to get a trade. He, I think Carson Wentz for the most part was passable. I think it was just you know his crumbling at the end, and also that the, the offense couldn't trust him. If you remember against that New England game, it was you know he was terrible that game. Yeah, he was terrible that game, and and the fact that you know the the, the walk off run by Jonathan Taylor. It was one of the iconic moments of the season, and it really like as a Colts fan to watch that be the dagger against the Patriots at home at a primetime game is amazing. That said, they ran against a nine-man box because they couldn't trust Carson Wentz to throw. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't know whether Colin Coward was running interference or not, but but the reality is that like they got you know they got they got more value. In the I, trade I agree. of Wentz, then they had it, to give it, up it, to get Ryan, like you know, which right. part, partly speaks to Ryan's value at age thirty-seven. But like you know, the trades I think probably did work out for them. I I agree. You gave him a first rounder. You you. It's definitely a big loss. Happens to be the first round this year. I think the, I think the Colts draft. No, no. I mean, how much they in. got yeah. from Washington for Wentz versus how much they had to give up to get Matt Ryan. They came up. Oh yeah, that was amazing. That's yeah. like a Houdini move. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And they got the got Washington to eat the contract. Yeah. Which is incredible. Yeah. I'm very, right, so- I'm very happy with the trade. When it comes to Matt Ryan, I mean, you know, I have friends that are Falcons fans. For the most part, he's kind of a pretty 
pretty basic guy for the most part. Um, when Wencian personality, what Wencian would you say? No, no, I think because oh, uh, you were saying Wentz is so basic before. No, Wentz is a dud. There's a difference. Oh, 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 okay. I think Matt Ryan just wants to go golfing. Like I feel like all he wants to do is just like Wentz go wants golfing. to go hunting. Yeah, exactly. Big difference. Mm, okay. Different, different personalities. Okay. <laughs> um, much more into the golfing, even though I'm terrible at both. Yeah. Um, have you ever gone hunting? Yeah. Uh, no, I've not. Oh. So maybe maybe you're actually really good at it. You just yeah, I could be a good crack shot. I could be really good yeah. at it. No. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, here, okay. So here, here's my concerns with Matt Ryan. So, with the exception of the second half of last season, once Kevin Ridley was out, he probably is working with the worst set of wide receivers that he's ever. And had. offensive line, and offensive line. No, no, I'm saying now in Indy. Oh, in Indy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I so about that. So I actually think that the that Paris Campbell is very good. His injuries are basically fluke injuries. They're not like soft tissue ongoing injuries. They're you know, the fact that happened two seasons in a row is pretty crazy. I actually think that, yes, it's, it's a boomer bust wide receiver room. I mean, Pittman's good. Pittman's so very one. good. He's he's, yeah. a, he's a one. He's like a soft one. Um, I think Alec Pierce is going to be really good. I think for this system, he's going to be really good. Um, I, I think Paris Campbell could be a very solid three uh, or even two wide receiver, depends on how you play him. But there's also potential for this wide receiver room to be just absolute, you know, crap. And, you know, I think that uh, it's a little bit of a I'm surprised that Chris Ballard is going all in on this wide receiver room, because really, if he wants to lose his job, this is a way to do it. Well, you know, the other issue with Matt Ryan is he's 37 years old. He's basically gotten worse four years in a row. Um, He has not been an above average quarterback since 2018. Last year, he had four more turnovers than Wentz. And, you know, like Wentz's turnovers was, you know, one of the biggest problems there. Um, Averaging a turnover a game over the last three years. Now, again, his weapons, his offensive line, like everything was bad in Atlanta the last couple of years. And, and there's be nothing to play for a lot yeah. of that, too. But um, I, I think that I mean, the I best, best case scenario you could hope for is basically what Rivers gave you two years ago. I think that that's very reasonable. But also the thing about Frank Reich's offense is that he he schemes players to open. He doesn't rely on one player per se, He's not keep feeding the ball to this person. So if he can scheme wide receivers open and the offensive line could hold up for Matt Ryan to make a good decision, and usually he's pretty quick. I think he was the most pressured quarterback last season, but the least sacked. Hmm. I, I forgot where That's I read stat. that. It's an interesting stat. He was the most pressured quarterback. Yeah, we don't have to fact check it. Good stat. Right. So, so the bottom line is that if you can scheme wide receivers open, I'll tell you one play that really resonates with me. Against the Titans. Remember that game where the Titans, they went to overtime? And Carson Wentz threw into triple coverage. Um, Michael Pittman was, was like, you know, breaking to the outside and he was in triple coverage and it was picked off in Colts territory. And it was basically, you know, kneel down field goal game over. Um, wide open in the flat was Jonathan Taylor. And like that's a play Matt Ryan makes. I think that's what really the Colts wanted. They don't need someone with a hero arm like Carson Wentz's arm. Carson Wentz, when he he had plays last season that were incredible. There's a 51-yard touchdown pass to Paris Campbell against the Texans. That was one of the most beautiful balls I've ever seen. You know, I don't think you're going to get that from Matt Ryan. But you will get those, you know, you need to win the game. You need to get a first down. You have Jonathan Taylor with six yards of daylight. Dump it off to him. And I think that's what the whole front office and the coaching staff really will get out of Matt Ryan knowing you could open up the receivers with a good scheme, knowing you have a good 
uh, running back. You have a pretty good offensive line with some questions at left tackle. Let's see if Matt Ryan could just make the layups. Naheem Hines is like one of these amazing, you know, wide receivers in the flat. If you play him like that, let's just do that. And I think that's what they want to use him for. Yeah. All right. So we've come to the part of the podcast where I'll let you gush about Jonathan Taylor for a second. You know um, what? I'm not that I'm not that guy. Oh, I'm well, here, can I give you my favorite optimistic Jonathan, about him. here's my favorite Jonathan Taylor stat. OK, OK. According to Pro Football Focus last year, he had twelve hundred and seventy two yards after contact. All right. Okay. Nick Chubb was second in the NFL in rushing last year with twelve fifty nine. So Taylor had more yards after contact than any other running back had rushing yards total. Incredible. That, that's that's yeah, that's incredible. No, that, he's that, that, never he's unbelievable. I, I just I'm so cautiously optimistic because yeah, look, the stats about guys after the 2000 yards. Yeah, season, exactly. you know, for sure. Just yeah, it's tough. And also, I don't want like as much as I I think he's also like as a, as a locker room guy, I think people really like him. I think that the issue with is I, I know that if he has another amazing season, you're going to have to pay him. And it's really hard to pay a yeah. running back. No, you never want to pay the running backs. Right. But that's the thing. If it's extend, he's going to get an extension probably after this year. Yeah. Vikings gave him to Dalvin Cook. I didn't like it. Um, you have the thing is, if Jonathan, the thing is, people think if Jonathan Taylor, you know what it is, if Jonathan Taylor's, you know, next Marshall Falk, like let's just say, you had like looking back at it, of course you give me the extension. Well, but you replaced Marshall Falk with Edge James. So no, I'm talking, no, no, no. I'm talking about like, had the Colts known that Marshall Falk was going to be what Marshall Falk was, do you think they would have traded him for a second round pick? Well, no, but. I, well, I know it was a different era, obviously, back then. But I'm yes, saying, but then Edger and James came in and basically performed nearly the same. Right, but that never happens. Well, it's, or it does insane. a lot. I mean, you know, the Broncos right. at that time would plug in Orlandis, Gary, random guys every year who would run for 1,500 yards because, you know, right. running backs are replaced. So I think Jonathan Taylor's above that. I think this year they're going to they're gonna you know pump the brakes on him a lot. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the offensive line for a second. Um, it's been elite for a while. It took a little bit of a step back last year, a little bit due to injuries. Uh, Mark Lewinsky, key starter, he's gone. My, my, I guess my concern is like the Colts offensive line strength has always been run block more than pass pro. And, you know, right. we've seen an aging Matt Ryan with the mediocre offensive line in Atlanta. And although you gave that good number that he wasn't getting sacked a lot, but he was getting rushed. And I think that partly explains all the interceptions and stuff like that. Yes. They say pass rush is, is not about getting sacks, mm. it's about giving interceptions. Coverage mm. is about giving sacks. Mm. Next level thinking. Um, right. So, I mean, are you concerned about the offensive line at all? Or I'll tell you, I'm only concerned with left tackle. Uh, Glowinski was a hit or miss. I think that, that, that they'll be fine on the, on the right side of the line. Uh, I'm, I'm concerned with, uh, with, with left tackle because they really don't have a starter for left tackle yet. Mm. That's not ideal. It's not ideal. I think first of all, you have a really your center and right guard. So Matt Pryor, what's his story? And right tackle are great. What'd you say? Matt, what's Matt Pryor's story? I think Matt Pryor is going to get the starting job, but I think Bernard Raymond's probably going to take it from him. People are really high on Bernard Raymond. He was a projected second rounder. He's just inexperienced. I think he only had two years really playing left tackle, but he's, you know, I think he has all the tools. I think it's just the experience. Uh, I can see Matt Pryor starting, and if he's if he's not if he's more of a turnstile than a real guard than a real blocker, they might uh, it might it might be he might be replaced. But I think one of the underrated things people are forgetting about is Jack Doyle retiring. You know, everyone thinks of Jack Doyle as you know more of like one of these 
fantasy streamer. You get in, you know, for four catches or 40 yards. Um, but he's a really good blocker. And they don't really have – they have two young tight ends they drafted this year. They have Moali Cox, who's more of a catcher than a blocker, still an okay blocker. But I think it's going to be hard on the left tackle who doesn't have that, you know, Jack Doyle next to you, someone who's a very reliable blocker if you need it. Um, I think that's why it's going to be really tough. But you have to remember five offensive linemen, and three of them are very good. And um, I mean, one I of them is a Hall of Famer, so. One of them is a potential offense. I think Brian Kelly has Hall of Famer potential also, too. He's very good. Mm. What, um, you know, you mentioned a little bit a couple of the rookies. Like, who, which rookie do you think from their draft is going to be most important this season for this team? Alec Pierce. For sure. We'll okay. Stop. And, but because, but you said that you're also really high on Paris Campbell. So Pierce is going to be the you, first. You, need, you still need to have three. You got to have, yeah. I think, and also, I think, but if I Pierce think, is good and Campbell's good, well, then there's so no concerns I was, about the so receivers. I was listening to one of the Colts podcasts today and they made an interesting note about Matt Ryan. He's had two rookie receivers as, num- as number twos. Calvin Ridley. In his career. Calvin Ridley and Julio, Julio Jones. For Roddy White. Yeah. And they, both of those years, the, that number two wide receiver as a rookie had like a thousand yards and, t- and you know numerous touchdowns. So he's able to take, at least from history, obviously not everything's the same, but he's not afraid that Ryan to throw it to a number two who's a rookie. I mean, Julio Jones, they traded the whole f- farm to get like move up to take, you know, right, it was a course. little bit of a higher profile. But of yeah. course, yes. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's talk about the defense. We're starting to run short on time here. Right. So Matt Eberflus goes to Chicago. Uh, well, what was I always think like the best person to ask when a, 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 a team gets a new coach as a coordinator is the team where he was a coordinator. So like, what was your feelings on him as a DC and more particularly, do you think he'll be a good coach in Chicago? I think he will not be a good coach. Okay. in Chicago. That's my thought as well, <laughs> <laughs> because he's a very, very specific type of defensive coordinator. He's a strong Tampa two rush to the football. I think he has a very specific scheme that works for certain defenses. Um, but the defense, the Colts defense is a little bit, uh, uh, it's, it masked the, the, the turnovers masked a lot of the problems. You could, you could get yardage. You could get, you could get yardage on this team. You know, you could move the ball. You could get into the, you know, the, the red zone, you're pretty, not easily, but you could, um, there's just so like I just don't think turnovers are you know repeatable like they are other stats. Um, the fact that Matt Eberflus could never get a, a consistent pass rush in his entire tenure there is a big problem. Um, I'm I don't love the Gus Bradley hire because Colts never really do cover three, and you always think about his ter- tenure in Jacksonville. You just just you know. Yeah, I mean, he, obviously good. he was great with the Legion of Boom, but like since then, right. basically. But that was that's talent. Gone. I think it's also a talent-based thing. Yeah, he was pretty good. He had a, he, when he was with the Chargers a few years ago, they were pretty good. Um, but but either way, I think Matt Eberflus is going to be in over his skis. Also, I don't think this is a this is an era in the NFL for a defensive coach, especially when you have. They're right now the Bears have a potential. You know, you can build an offense. You drafted an early quarterback who has certain skills let's you know roll the dice instead you hire a, a defensive coordinator that works perfectly with tampa too i don't yeah. even know if the bears have the, the the personnel to run that offense i don't even defense i mean i don't even know yeah as a vikings fan i'm very happy with what's happening in chicago right now um now you lost darius leonard you know key part of your defense but you have this new guy Shaq leonard talk to me about this guy Never heard of him. Who is this guy? Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> so is this like a nickname situation? Is this like a John Carlos? He, he posted on Twitter. It's like his whole life I've been known as Shaquille. I, I doubt it. I, I'm calling a little bit of skepticism on this. There's no way, like all of a sudden, like actually, since I was born in 1995 until I was drafted in the second round by the Colts, I've always been Shaquille. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it never was mentioned once on Hard Knocks. Literally can... not once. Yeah. Like I, I follow a lot. Not of even as like stuff. a nickname or whatever. I, I, I would say I know probably more information about the Indianapolis Colts than I need to for my life. Mm-hmm. And I've literally never heard of this. Not even once. Not even like a, oh, he's a, he goes by his uh, nickname. He's called the Maniac. That that was his nickname. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, whatever. Now his name is Shaq. That's fine. Um, all right. Should we uh, should we play the schedule game? Because you know, as we mentioned briefly at the top, like this team is is blessed with uh, the AFC South. I think they have the third easy schedule in the league. You know, the uh, the gift that keeps on giving the uh, the Titans and especially the Jaguars in, in Houston this year. Um, uh, the, the Jaguars is a win. It's a win for the Jags. You know, I, I guess yeah. After after week eighteen last year, I guess you can never take um, can never take the Jags for granted. But let's uh, let's go through the schedule and see how many wins the team's going to pile up and see uh, can they win the division? Can they you know get a decent seat in the playoffs, etc. All right. All right. Okay. So sure. week one, we're at Houston. In theory, not a tough opponent. Okay, that's a win. Okay, week two at Jacksonville. In theory, I mean, there's a lot of uh, betters that have won, want to take the Texans. I think it's like like now, I think it's like plus eight and a half. Don't, t- like Don't tell me any lines. I've avoided them. But Seriously, even now, even in July? <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. Um, okay, so th- then they go to Jacksonville. I, I mean, they have can't to lose a Jacksonville, game. right? 15 you know, I think, I think I saw something also when they, when they signed Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's 2-0 in Jacksonville. <laughs> oh, okay, fine. All right, so that's why they signed him. <laughs> yes, he's never lost there. Okay, um, okay. So we are two and zero. A couple of uh, easy road I think wins. They're going to lose to the Chiefs at home. I lose to the Chiefs, then Tennessee at home. I think they're going to win matchup. this game. So three and one, and then short week at Denver. Russell Wilson lose that game. Okay, so three they're and two. They're going to go all out for the game against the Titans and come up short. You know, in a short week. Okay, so three and two. You got ten days to prepare for the Jaguars again. Can you sweep the Jaguars? I think they're going to sweep the Jags this year because they usually beat the Jags at home. It's really right. just in Jacksonville. That's the problem. All right, so four and two. Now, uh, yeah, to be fair, I remember in the previous week's episode of Hard Knocks, they talked up a lot about how the Colts often struggle at Jacksonville for whatever reason. Um, maybe it's like the Pats at Miami or whatever. And then It's one um, of those things, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, behold, it came to pass. Okay, so four and two, and then uh, at Tennessee in week seven. They should win this game, but I can see it being a loss. Uh, I will. I'll, I'll be optimistic and say it's a win. Okay, so yeah, well, you could be going six and zero in your division then. Um, right. Five and two, come home play Washington. I think they win that game. Carson Wentz revenge game. Yeah, it's, it's is I Carson think, Wentz playing good. by week eight? Would you say? That's a good question. <laughs> okay. I don't know. It's a good question. They still have Heineke, right? Um. Yeah, I guess so. All right. So six and two. Um, now you go on the road at New England, and then the next. I think that's a loss. Vegas. I think they're gonna lose against uh, the, the Patriots for sure. And then Vegas. I think they'll lose against, against Vegas. Okay, so six also. and four, and now you host um, both teams from Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, and then Pittsburgh. Right. I think they win both those games. Okay, Monday night win against Pittsburgh. Eight and four at Dallas on Sunday night the next week. I think that's a win. I think Dallas is not very good. Ooh, I'm not- so nine and four. Right. And now a very late by nine yes. and four. You got to be getting guys healthy, prepped for, I mean, clearly going to the playoffs. I mean, you might have, cl- you're nine and four and five and oh in the division. Have you clinched the division at this point? 
Mm, depends on the ti- the Titans, honestly. Yeah. Well, because the yeah. Titans would have to, you know, have to catch up a game also. All right. So right. nine and four, and then at my Vikings in week 15. I think they lose this game. Okay, nine and five, and then at home against the Chargers on Monday they Night Football. They lose this game too. Nine and six, and right. then they go at New York. Are you gonna be at that game on New Year's? I am going to be on that game. I'm gonna. We already have tickets, everything planned. It's gonna be great. Okay, so they win ten and six for sure. They probably clinch. Yeah, the and then that they day. beat the Texans. And then they beat the Texans. All right, so eleven and six. Actually, no. I'm, that that game could be one of those. They sit the starters that they already clinched one of those kind of games. So you're gonna but make it a loss. Assuming, I assume it's a win, but like. Yeah, for the purposes of this, I think 11 and 6. Okay, so 11 and 6. Okay, so you're obviously banging that over. Nine yeah. and a half. I yeah. think, yeah, I think 10 wins is reasonable. I think 10 and 7 is very reasonable. Just because, yeah, I mean, yeah, the division is so bad that, you know. Saying like um, they they might lose against the, one of those games as the Titans. They might lose one of those games as the Jaguars. Going 6 and 0 in the division. I think they're good, there's a good chance they lose one of those games, but they should win all six. Okay, all right. So you go 11 and 6. What are your expectations going into the playoffs? Or let me put it another way. Like, what will be, how will you define a season as successful or unsuccessful? Because 11 and six with 37 year old Matt Ryan, I mean, that, you know, that's a solid season. I think. But if you lose in the, the first round, you know, 34 to the division's 11. a success. Okay. Those Even if you do nothing games. in the playoffs. Yes. Okay. And then you try and run back Matt Ryan again the next. It is Ryan here. And I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.